big changes at Universal Orlando, Disney World rollbacks, and even a juicy holiday rumor to get excited about. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where excitement is running high now that the live-action Gaston and LeFou series has a name. Man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Hey, everybody. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond before launching into things. We always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, I'm realizing just now, speaking that back, uh, it sounded like that Gaston and LeFou series is named The Man, the Myth, the Legend, Henry Hall. That would be incredible. I might actually watch it then. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It it sounds, it might be a, a cool little interesting uh series i was a little bit disappointed in the live action that they cut out my favorite part in the in the gaston song the the every inch of me is covered with hair i mean why why couldn't they have that in there in the movie yeah in the movie they took cut that out of the the new song clearly they're Uh, saving it for the series maybe that's i mean at that point it sounds like if that's not included that would be a big miss um yeah dude i i I don't know what to think about this. Uh, I was not a big fan of the movie itself. And this is kind of like, you know how every once in a while you get those announcements that come out and you're like, who in who in the planet was ever asking for this? Uh, I think this is an example of that. Like, what? <laughs> Talk about something that uh, nobody, nobody that watched the live action Beauty and the Beast was like, you know what, you, you know what I really want right now or what I would really... Uh, appreciate and really be into a live action TV series with these two. It's just like, okay, sure. Uh, Yeah. Disney's got a lot of convincing to do to make me think that this is worth looking at. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, yes, I agree. It's definitely something we never asked for. Could be fun, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think if if we were talking about uh, the animated series uh, Gaston and LeFou, it, I think that would be easier to take. I don't know if I was super big on uh, the live action Gaston and uh, LeFou uh, relationship. There, it was. Eh, I don't know. I, yeah, I wasn't like I. I enjoyed the the live action to some degree, but it still was not as good as the animated series, of course. Oh, of course not. So, <laughs> I mean, that was one of those things like going in, you knew that that was going to be the case, right? Like, yeah. Uh, speaking of other Disney Plus stuff, though, Henry, the world has been waiting for your review of Muppets Now. What'd you think? I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. What? <laughs> Sorry, I was actually like uh at the same time the Transformers War for Cybertron released on Netflix and I've actually been watching that instead of the, mm. the Muppets, so but I did 
I did see that it was up. I just haven't had a chance yet to watch it. Mm. Yeah, it uh, definitely in quarantine mode right now. It's like there is now like more stuff than ever to uh, to check out. It's pretty crazy. I watched the first episode. Uh, I did not think it was very good. Mm. <laughs> I know. I'm man. I'm coming off. This is your first episode. I sound like the least fun person to talk about. Debbie Downer. Any kind of like Disney stuff. <laughs> I know, really, man. I'm starting off. Usually we end these episodes on a downer. I'm I'm reversing it. I'm starting on a downer to really just turn people off right at the at the at the get go. Uh, no, it. Uh, you know, it, um, it, it was like, I, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to talk about it. I won't, I won't spend too long on this, but, um, I don't want to spoil it for people that might be interested in it. And it is like worth checking out. Like there is without a doubt, something really attractive and fun just to see these characters again, uh, in something new. So for sure, that's probably the most positive thing I can say about it. Um, but the format is weird it is like they've tried to modernize it. I'm pretty sure this is not a spoiler. Like this is in the trailer and this is in what they've been talking about. But, you know, they take kind of like a more modern approach where it's like it's not a variety show. It's a web series. And you're like, oh, OK, like that's fine. You know, OK, it's the same kind of concept, but it's basically a bunch of skits kind of tied together with the generalized concept of like, we're putting on a web show each week. So, you know, all right, nothing new, but you know, totally fine and acceptable. Um, it's just that the biggest kind of thing about it, it a, it's just not that funny, which is a big problem if you're a, uh, a comedy TV show, but they try, I felt like they try way too hard to make it feel modern. You know what I mean? Mm. So they're like throwing around like all this terminology constantly, like constantly about like modern technology, like, oh, Miss Piggy is running a like a fashion vlog series and she needs to, you know, she needs to make sure that she's on the gram like every few minutes. And you're like, oh, all right, I got it. Like, I get it. This is they're trying too hard to in, uh, include all the industry buzzwords for yeah. modern day technology. And it just feels weird yeah yeah right exactly and it's like it's they're trying to make it feel fresh by like jamming terminology down everyone's throat and so and that was a little bit of a turnoff um and the, the other only other thing i'll mention uh and like i said it's still it's uh, i'll definitely give it plenty of opportunity to find its footing because i hope it does i really want a new muppet series to succeed but uh the other thing that really kind of tripped me up, and this might just be something, might just be me, might just be something, you know, over time I'll adjust to, the new voice of Kermit the Frog, I looked this up, new voice in 2017 is off. <laughs> it really, every time Kermit talked, it was one of those things where it was like, this is not Kermit, this is not the Kermit that, uh, that uh, you know, I would normally recognize or or think is Kermit the Frog, so so I don't know about that one. It it breaks your like nostalgia when you go to watch something like uh, the Muppets and you don't hear the voice you're expecting, or at least the the person's not as good as they maybe you would expect them to be. Yep, I mean, and uh, I'm it it like wasn't bad per se. It was just it just 
caught me off guard. Um, and I mean, it worth mentioning, like if, if it was like a really spectacular series and everything else was kind of on point and maybe this wasn't, it would be less of a thing to be like, yeah. Um, but it was just kind of, a th- you know, it was noticeable in kind of a bunch of other criticisms that I had, but you know, like I said, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible by any means. And I'll still continue to watch it in the hopes that they'll find their footing and it'll be better. But yeah, I mean, it was not, not the best first impression. I'd be very curious to see what your thoughts are because I know that you're a big fan too. Yeah. I have to, I have to check that out. Add it to the list, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know it's easy again to, to think that this might be a Disney movie and or plus, podcast but it's not we are actually a theme park podcast believe it or not so we will uh we'll start talking about theme parks that sounds pretty good um we'll keep the we'll keep the kind of bummer news rolling though with uh, a little trip update uh for me so it is now official that my august disney world trip is canceled not gonna happen uh it seems like something that at least in my mind has, has probably been uh, it's not a super big surprise. It's been in the works. You could have seen this one coming a mile away, but it's officially canceled now. Uh, that's a bummer, man. Yeah. Especially since it's the second time I've canceled a, uh, a Disney world's trip this year. But you know, what are you, what are you going to do? It's like looking at that, uh, the entire situation, obviously COVID numbers still very high in Florida. Uh, central Florida as well has some pretty rough numbers. So it's not even like, Oh, it's down in Miami or it's like over in Tampa. It's like, no, no, that whole central Florida area is pretty rough. Um, the flight situation is a total mess. So, you know, coming from the West coast, it's not quite the easiest thing to just hop on over, uh, there. And there usually are better flight options to get to Orlando from, the Bay area. Um, you know, there's just like various different nonstops. Uh, the one that I was hoping to do that I at least had initially booked to get out there was like a red eye so that I would land like bright and early and be able to just kind of hit the ground running. Um, that flight got canceled and there really weren't a ton of other great options, but, uh, but there was like maybe one other nonstop, but that one was starting to fill up and, uh, it just didn't look like it's that great. It basically got me there much later in the day. So it was just like a totally burnt day. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm, I was looking like I was going to have to, uh, I was going to have to have layovers. And then initially, you know, coming back, my flight was a nonstop on Alaska to, uh, SFO. Uh, and then that was later in the day. So I would get a little bit of extra time in the day to, do stuff and get stuff done. Then that flight got canceled. And then it really was like, Hey, the only other options you really have, unless you want to leave really early in the morning is, uh, are more layovers. And I was kind of like, man, I, you know, with the current situation, I was really hoping to a like fly it off hours (laughs) and B minimize the amount of times that I was spending, uh, transiting through airports and, and going, you know, in between different aircraft. So that thing was a mess. And then there's these reports that keep kind of coming out. Not that, not saying that Disney's doing a bad job, but just saying that especially like, um, uh, I think both 
Inside the Magic and WDW News Today. And then there was a few other reports that I read saying that like Disney Springs was was kind of lax in terms of, you know, the uh, the mask and social distancing policies that they were implementing and that it was pretty commonplace to see people not wearing masks and not really social distancing, especially once you got into like stores and restaurants and whatnot. So, you know, that was in I, on the, on the Disney world subreddit, there's been quite a few uh, posts saying, you know, Hey, it was just, it was a rough day where, you know, I kept on seeing people on rides without masks on. And, you know, I know that Disney world has a policy basically saying, Hey, if you don't wear a mask on a ride, uh, your photo will not be available in PhotoPass. It was like, that's what we're doing. Like, you're not dragging them out of the park. <laughs> that's what I want. That would make me feel better. Like, what are we doing? So, um, so yeah. And, and there were a lot of other comments saying like, Hey, I didn't notice this. Everything seemed fine. Everything seemed fine. But there was like enough of these reports where I'm, I, you know, that I was starting to feel a little, a little skittish about that. And I mean, really, it's just already on top of the fact that like what we've been talking about with everything where, you know, you're basically paying the same price for your hotel and for your ticket for a reduced experience. Uh, and of course, I mean, we're still talking about Orlando weather in August, which is brutal. Yeah. So, you know, it's like that kind of stuff, like the weather situation um, and even the cost situation, the experience situation. Like those are things, if everything else was locked pretty tight, maybe, you know, Florida wasn't such a hotbed for the virus right now. Maybe I could overlook all of that and be okay with it. In fact, I, I totally would have. I was I was expecting to do that. But then combined with everything else, it was just like, what am I doing? <laughs> What's going on? I, I cannot think of a very good reason right now to uh, to basically spend a week uh, to, to spend a week flying across country to go to Disney World as much as I want to. So, cancel. I'm sorry, man. It's, I know it, it must be heartbreaking, uh, but you know, definitely I think it is for the best. Yeah, totally. So, uh, I mean, now the hard part comes like, when do I reschedule for, right? Like, I've got I still got my ticket, which is good for, I think technically it's like a seven day ticket, but I can only use it as a seven day ticket until September, 2021. So it gives me like lots of time, but at the same time, it's just like, now what do I do? I feel like it's not even worth rescheduling anything or starting to like orbit a specific time frame until things settle down. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I, at this point, uh, you know, it's something that, of course, uh, me and my wife have been talking about with Disneyland and that this we're still not sure if, you know, at this point, if this year is even going to be feasible at all. So, I mean, unless we start seeing some like improvements and people will start taking this uh, seriously. Um, yeah, I think this this year may be a wash. Yeah. Uh, it's seeming like that because it, it's like, you know, we were talking about last week, speaking of Disneyland, we were talking about last week, how, you know, Knott's has been doing this kind of, they've basically reopened the theme park as a, as a food festival. And 
you know, more than anything else, it showed just kind of how creative I think some of these these parks are getting in terms of like, well, what can we do to still kind of open the gates and keep some element of the show going, right? Knowing that people are chomping at the bit to to just get out and socialize, which in and of itself might not be the best idea right now, but whatever. Um, which, and it's like, these are like, that's legitimately a cool idea, right? Like in other contexts, that sounds like awesome and <laughs> would be incredible. Like for whatever reason, you can't open the park, throw a food festival, like totally, I'd be into that. But in the context of this kind of, you know, major virus hotbed, um, at least the area of SoCal being a major virus hotbed, it it kind of puts a damper on anything, right? Like even if, even if these parks were to fully open their gates, just be like wide open, you'd, you'd have to think about it and be like, even if they were doing like, where we do have Halloween decorations right now, at least for me, you know, you know that people are going to be people. And at least from what we've seen at Disney world, you're not going to have hundred percent compliance and maybe the park isn't going to be as strict as you had hoped. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I was waiting to see because I think what happens is when you first open those first people who go, go that day one uh, and you have, I guess, I guess more the world's eyes are on the park. So I think the park is basically like enforcing everything, but as time goes on, you got like other people who aren't as like, you know, compliant, they start making their trip. They start making their uh, trip to Disneyland or Disney world. They go in there and you know, the park is people are tired of dealing with like, you know, enforcing these rules. And so things get lax and you get those people going in there, not abiding by the rules. And then you start getting people sick and an outbreak happens and it gets tracked to like Disneyland. And that's how that stuff is going to happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, uh, I like the wording of it's like the, uh, the, health director or something like that of orange County where Disney world is located. There was some, uh, there was some news conference that he was answering questions in. It may have just been like a town hall or I don't know, but uh, he specifically said like, there haven't been any outbreaks linked to the theme parks, but he did insinuate that like, yes, there have been isolated instances of people you know, getting the virus that either worked or were at the parks. So <laughs> it's like, okay, great. No outbreaks, dot, dot, dot yet. But, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's just, I mean, that's the problem, right? It's this, it's this unknown kind of area and for better or worse, we're just in a situation where like unknown doesn't cut it kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you know, either everything's like super locked down well or it's not. And I mean, I guess this is inevitable because people are humans and people are going to make mistakes. People are going to feel the way that they feel. Everyone is like super stressed. I could totally see how if you're a cast member right now, you know, you're back at work. Maybe you want to be there. Maybe you don't feel super comfortable there. 
um, I don't know, whatever, whatever the situation may be, but you're confronted with a situation where it's like, well, I could go after these people or, you know, I could just like play it cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could go after these people knowing that it's gonna, it's gonna, it could potentially be a problem that I'm putting my neck out on the line and that, you know, if there is a, any major issues, like it's going to shut down this park. So it's just, it's a mess no matter how you cut it. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I mean, one of those things is like, you know, you, I mean, even like working retail, like, you know, I've, I've worked retail and you have to come, uh, you know, back in the day, I don't know about now, a lot of times they, have a different policies and they have different people to do this. But since I worked in smaller stores, I had to, if we had a shoplifter, I had to confront them. And you just, there gets to a point where sometimes when you're dealing with so many of these people and you get tired of them yelling at you and they're obviously in the wrong and whatnot, but then they try to like argue back that they're not in the wrong you just get tired of dealing with that and uh so it it does make it unfortunately that's how like people start to like just squeak by and they just say well you know they're only where they're they they're not close to anybody now but you don't realize that like this person without the mask on they go somewhere else and they're crowded by they're surrounded by a bunch of other people you know you don't know what's going to happen you know with the, those situations and especially because you know the covid can be spread through you know people's eyes and stuff so you know all they need to do is like cough up in the air and somebody could walk into it uh, <laughs> or something it, it could be bad but I what mean, a visual yeah yeah i hear you i mean i think that's more likely to happen than maybe even somebody like coughing it at people but yeah Yeah. you just get tired of dealing with these people who just refuse to follow the rules or you know this you know respect other individuals health uh that they're putting at risk that you just get tired of dealing with it and unfortunately it's one of those things that uh uh you know causes these lapses in you know, enforcement of the rules. So thinking about Disneyland specifically, because Disney World is open, we kind of have seen how everything's been going. We see that, like, there's probably, I mean, outside of, and this is, this goes to kind of what the mayor of Orange County has said as well, outside of a major outbreak linked to the parks, there's probably not, going to be a situation where they shut things down again he said that if there is that outbreak he's shutting down the parks okay fine um i'm curious with disneyland because that is such a big question right now in that you know obviously state of california is still not looking at any kind of theme park uh you know not looking at any kind of theme park reopening proposals which makes sense but you know, let's just game this out a little bit and think like, do you, do you imagine that Disneyland is waiting for the point where they can just reopen everything? Or do you think that 
if they're in a situation where it's like, well, we'll okay one park, but not both, that Disneyland would be comfortable saying like, okay, well, we're going to open Disneyland Park, but California Adventure is going to stay closed. Like, do you think it's an all or nothing thing? Um, I think, I think the potential is that they would open one park and then maybe delay the opening of the other by like a week or two, possibly maybe, but I don't think it would be a, a big difference between the two parks opening, uh, if they did that at all, um, the only other thing that they might actually open, they may do that uh, food festival where they do open one park just for the food stuff and maybe not the rest. Right. Um, but I think if they once they go to open the parks for rides and for guests to enjoy, I think they would probably open up both parks at about the same amount of time. Because I think I don't see where there would be much of a difference of having one open and not the other. Um, but then I think they're also going to want to have, uh, they're going to do that. Uh, I mean, they're going to want to have as many guests back as they possibly can. Uh, and I don't see a difference between which park they open. I mean, I, I would see, I, I could see one opening a little bit before the other, but yeah, I wouldn't see a big difference between the dates of both. For sure, if it's if it's completely in Disneyland's control, you're you're 100 percent correct. Like they're gonna they're gonna open as much as they possibly can. But I'm just thinking like if because really it just comes down to numbers of people. That's what it seems like when there's these restrictions in place. Like it all comes down to well, no gatherings of like 10,000 people or more or 20,000 people or, or people or more or whatever that whatever that uh whatever that limit is let's say that you know the state of California gives a limit that they're okay with opening and it would and it would mean that you know they could only open one park in that instance because if they open up two parks that's i mean it adds it's not doubling the capacity but it would add you know enough people that it would be over the limit uh, the question just being like, would Disneyland be open to just saying like, okay, well, we're, we'll only open Disneyland and we'll keep California Adventure closed until we can go over that limit? Um, or would they just do kind of what we saw with Disney World where it's, yeah, it's everything's opening just maybe separated by, you know, four or five days. Yeah, I mean, I think if they had no other option than to open just one park, they would open just one park. Um, right. For sure. But I think if they can do it, they would open up both if they could. Uh, I don't think, I don't see a scenario where they would say, well, we shouldn't open up both. Um, I think the only thing I would say that would be of concern of opening up both is if they couldn't get enough cast members uh back in time uh but i imagine they've had enough time to kind of put out everything uh put up you know prepare the parks for people or i imagine they're working on that now and they still have probably plenty enough plenty of time maybe to, uh, yeah i don't know it's 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 weird because i mean i think i've recently saw some over some uh, flyover uh pics of the park and it, yeah. it i would think that they would have more 
construction going on, but it doesn't look like they have a lot. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard much outside of the kind of that report we had talked about a while ago where it was the most immediate kind of things that they were already working on that needed attention. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of surprises me that they haven't been just like, hey, this is the time we can just knock all this stuff out. I don't know what their like long-term plan is why to draw out these uh this construction longer than it has to be i mean i i don't i I mean it 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 kind of like kind of baffles me just because i think most of the times even in in construction situations a lot of like people who do construction they wear this like masks and stuff anyways when they're working outside because of all the dust and paint and right. all these kind of fumes are around they wear these type of things anyway so i would think that they would be safer or used to this type of stuff anyway so they would be doing more construction while they can and while there's no guests in the park but uh yeah it does seem like they they basically just aren't doing any construction at all or very little uh yeah. Yeah, the only thing I could think of at least in that regard it's a, it's a good point for sure because I think it made sense where it was like there's no construction being allowed. I, I think there is construction being allowed at least in small. I mean, clearly there is because they've they've been doing some very limited work projects, but um yeah, I almost wonder like it's certainly the long-term stuff would make sense. Like the Mickey and Minis, which was going to open in like 2022 anyway, right? Like runaway railway. Yeah. Um, That would make sense. I do almost feel where it's like, I could see where at least from a planning perspective, they could be like, well, it doesn't do us much good if we completely wrap up everything on like Avengers campus and completely wrap up everything on haunted mansion only to have an empty park, right? Like then it's just money that we've burned and there's just, you know, like if it's, if, if the parks for whatever reason, knock on wood, of course, uh, if the parks don't open this year at all, then it's just really burnt money. So, you know, I almost could see them being in a situation where it's like, well, we're holding off on everything, but the most critical things, um, which was like the weathering of the weatherproofing of Avengers campus, like that kind of thing, uh, accepting whatever it was like steel deliveries for Mickey and Minnie's uh, runaway railway. That's, that's the work that we know did get done. So like that makes sense that that's critical stuff, but I could totally see them being like, listen, we are so in like the red and hurting for cash right now that like no, expenditure at a park that's not open unless we absolutely need it right now i could i i could totally see that being a situation i mean yeah i mean that would be the reasoning there because otherwise i mean it's like this construction still needs to get done i mean you you still have to complete your avengers campus you still need to to finish like putting like uh the updates and well, refurbishments on uh, the Haunted Mansion. It still needs to be done. It's all been taken down to this point. So it's like, you know, the, this is just stuff that it, you. it's not like you can just like just put it off forever. Um, but I mean, it would just make sense that this would be 
the easiest time for you to do it because you're not going to disrupt disrupt guests and when and it's just going to give them more incentive not to mean that they wouldn't have incentive to come in anyways but i mean at least if it's done then you can sit on it if you want and you know make plans for a, a grand opening for like avengers campus or whatnot but if you basically sit on it and then all of a sudden okay now we're into 2021 and we're given the green light to open you we have a vaccine and everything but avengers campus is still not done you know people are kind of like you know i don't know It, it just seems weird to sit on it when you have this opportunity to get it done and it's not like something you can sit on it needs to get done because the work is already been done and you were so close to being finished before everything was like shut down that it just would make sense to just kind of like let's wrap this up and let's get this done but uh yeah uh totally agree uh but that probably indicates that there's something else at play that's stopping them either from Disney side where like we were saying they just don't want to invest right now or from a government side like uh, you know I don't know I can't speculate in terms of in terms of that but I agree like it now now would be the time and I would expect that Disney probably knows that too <laughs> which yeah which is why like there's a reason that it's not getting done right now like they're filing permits uh but yeah I don't I don't know about I don't know about why that works not getting done. So there's there's a reason <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just really we we just gotta hope that we don't see like major delays and that really as soon as that announcement happens that the park is has a date and it's a date that it sticks and it's not just a proposal. It's like a hey, this has been this has been validated by kind of the local and state government, then they start on construction so that they can really narrow that gap from a vendor's campus because man at this week at, at this rate it's not even going to be open this year yeah i mean <laughs> haunted mansion may not be open park may not be open this year so yeah um well i mean who knows man even if the park did open this year it's like it like considering avengers mansion uh Avengers Campus would have been open by now. Oh, dude, I'm I'm digging that mashup right there. <laughs> Avengers Mansion, yeah, buddy. Well, there there was an Avengers Mansion in the uh, comics, uh, but anyways, it's just um, it you know, it's just you know that I guess it's going to be so delayed that you know you're not going to see Avengers Campus this year more than likely. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, something like the Haunted Mansion that technically should have been done, I think even before the, uh, the closures happened, it was already kind of delayed out longer than it should have been is not, you know, potentially going to be done this year either, uh, which is kind of disappointing, but, uh, yeah, I could see that getting done. Like so, the two things I could see still getting done this year for sure. Uh, I shouldn't say for sure. The two things I could see getting done are uh, I totally wouldn't be surprised if they complete out the haunted mansion because, um, and also, I mean, the one that we haven't talked about, Snow White 
as well. Like Snow White was pretty deep and kind of towards the end of their renovation. Um, and they're, it's not really a retheme, but they're less scarifying yeah. <laughs> pass or whatever they're doing. Uh, creating the new ending, kind of giving it a fresh coat of paint. But um, that's another one too. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we see that if and when the parks do open this year. Um, it may not be done. They may not be done when as soon as the parks open, but hopefully by the end of the year, if only because with Avengers Campus, like there is a major PR and marketing push behind that, right? Like they've got, I'm sure they've got their ads already in the can. They've got all of their print copies. They've got all of the radio copy, uh, all of the radio ads, uh, all their, you know, video ads. They've just got everything pretty much primed to go. And so I, again, like this is where we're deep into speculation clearly. Uh, but I could, again, see a situation where they're like, well, maybe we don't want to completely just go all out with our major marketing campaign and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars when we know that there's a limit to how many people are going to be allowed back in the park to even like see it. And it's going to be a very low limit. It's going to be that 20 to 30% capacity that they're going to allow in. So like, why would we do that now and spend all this money now when we could maybe sit on it and wait and give it a little bit more time until we can advertise at a point when like lots of people can actually show up and the people that see the advertisements and get excited about the advertisements and want to spend money because of the advertisements um, can actually do that <laughs> because when those parks open, they're not going to be able to, right? Like it, the capacity, certainly a California adventure as well is going to be low. So, you know, why blow your load on, on tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of advertisements when you're not going to be able to get those people converted into park visiting. Yeah, no, that I uh, I definitely agree is that's going to be one of those things that they're not going to be able to have the ideal amount of people. And I, I definitely could see them holding off on, say, opening up Avengers Campus uh, this year uh, until they can get at, out to like, you know, um, a bigger, have a bigger splash with their marketing but uh i mean something like the the haunted mansion i think would be something that they would just finish up um yeah so because it is what i mean as you've pointed out many times like it is part of what you expect when you go to disneyland you know what i mean like it's one of those classics certainly more so than snow white for sure it is one of the iconic kind of Disneyland rides to not have that open at all this year and be advertising that like, Hey, the park is open. seems like a big miss. Again, if that's something that is reasonable and they can do, I don't, we weren't ever given any kind of updates in terms of where they were at in that overall process. So who knows how much they still have to do, but, um, but if they can, I mean, I I could see them just finishing it, especially if uh, if we see what we're seeing at Tokyo Disneyland, where they're not doing any kind of holiday decorations, period, because 
they were, I mean, part of their whole renovation of Haunted Mansion was removing all of the Haunted Holiday anyway. So it almost makes sense. Like, why, if we, you know, if we're not doing decorations again, don't know if this is the case, but if it is, makes it easier for them to get the Haunted Mansion back up and running. True. At least one less step. We'll have to see. We'll have to see, man. It's uh, It's a weird, interesting prospect, but, you know, again, like it's, the benefit of Disney World being open now and still kind of running is that if we are to see Disneyland open later this year, we at least have kind of a blueprint in terms of the way things are going to go. So we saw Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party canceled there earlier. Oogie Boogie's was canceled at Disneyland just recently. So, you know, I think it's I think that's just going to be the way that it goes. So if we see you know, decorations canceled at Disney World. Expect that that's going to be the case at Disneyland if it opens. So, but um, but we'll see. Um, but you know, we have been so focused on this Disney World opening lately that has been a hot sense. Uh, it's it has it's been a hot sex since we've checked in with Universal Orlando. Which, dude, if you remember, like they opened almost two months ago. And, you know, things have seemed to be chugging along without too much noise, but they did have a, a, a quarterly earnings call, at least their parent company, Comcast, did. And uh, they announced some pretty rough news when it comes to Universal Parks. So uh, this all was part of this major announcement that isn't too surprising, but when you see it, it's it's pretty wild, but that, uh, you know, at least for this quarter, the Parks and Resorts Division posted a 94% loss. So, uh, so you can kind of expect that things are going to maybe not go in a, a positive direction when they say, oh, we've got a little bit more news to uh, coming in terms of, of, uh, of Universal Parks, at least in Orlando. So first up. Epic Universe, which is their third gate that they had announced. It was originally supposed to open in 2023. Well, work has now officially been put on pause and is delayed until, as they said, quote, the future becomes more certain. So we have no idea when that's going to put this third gate. <laughs> it could be a while, but uh, but yeah, they've stopped at least for the time being. Next up, we'll. Uh, it looks like we have uh, some park hour adjustments to look forward to, along with some ride operation updates that, uh, that are going to be coming down the tube. Starting on October 2nd, both parks will be losing an hour. Uh, when they reopened, they had each been open for a total of nine hours, so they are staggering things a little bit in terms of their opening and closing hours, but... Now both parks are only going to be open for eight hours. So not a major loss, but still you lose an hour of operation. Um, also with that, Spectrum News 13 is reporting that on August 9th, Universal will be temporarily closing a handful of its rides. Universal Studios will be losing a day in the park with Barney, Fast and Furious Supercharged, Kang and Kudos's Twirl and Hurl, and Fear Factor Live. Islands of Adventure will only be losing Storm Force Accelitron. 
Um, and in an email to Spectrum News, a Universal Orlando spokesman said, quote, as we continue to evaluate our offerings during this phase of our reopening, we're deciding to focus on our marquee guest experiences. So that uh, that's not so great. I mean, those rides in general weren't like super popular ones, but, uh, you know, Fast and Furious Supercharged, I know, is a favorite of yours, Henry. It was very much like the, uh, in fact, the exact same experience as the studio tour that we have here in Hollywood. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that had a ton of fans for it. But still, it's it's rides that they're closing, which is kind of a bummer. Again, it's all it's all part of the package that you hopefully sign up for. Um, and then lastly, Spectrum News is also confirming that with these adjustments and the overall revenue drop, Universal will be laying off a portion of their parks and resort staff. This is actually the second round of layoffs for the resort since it reopened on June 5th. First round occurred on June 23rd, which was less than three weeks after reopening. So that's pretty brutal, dude. That's pretty rough, man. Yeah. You've been open a few months and uh, a couple months, not even a few, but, and already, man, they're, they're really scaling some stuff back. Yeah. That's, that's pretty brutal lose. I mean, that's, I mean, definitely I, I feel bad for the people who are going to be laid off, but I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised, but that's still still shocking to hear you know yeah. all this stuff that's going down with uh universals uh with this as well so universal is not the only uh orlando resort scaling things back from their original plans because disney world has also announced that a handful of their resort reopening dates are going to be shuffled later into the year so we have polynesian village and art of animation which were both scheduled to open on on august 12th uh poly is now been pushed back to october 4th and art of animation has been pushed back to november 1st and we also have Beach Club and Boardwalk Inn, which were scheduled to open on August 24th and October 1st, respectively. Both will now remain closed until some unknown future date. So, you know, both of these kind of come <laughs> kind of bundled together um, in that I, it seems like we're starting to get a real picture of, I don't know if it's crowd attendance or interest or what i mean we were talking about last week how you know disney world has started up with quite a few local discounts pretty significant discounts in terms of hotel stays and in terms of park admission right yeah i hadn't heard anything um in terms of like layoffs or anything like that but we started to speculate that like maybe this means that attendance was running a little soft um certainly closing of rides at universal uh scaling back hours and then also at disneyland like like really delaying hotels and then just saying like oh these hotels we were gonna have open like they're not gonna be open anymore i think that also paints this picture that you know for obvious reasons 
You know, I think when these plans were coming together to open these parks, reopen them, maybe the future looked a little more hopeful in terms of where the virus was and what the path of the outbreak was, how that was trending. Um, and now, of course, we're seeing we're in this situation where we're continuing to surge. So, you know, maybe previously when certainly Universal opened and even to a little bit of a lesser extent, when the plan started coming together with Disney World, there was hope that like, OK, it's not like, you know, it sucks. It's terrible. It's going to be a rough experience, but it's all just going to be uphill. They're going to slowly scale back up and then eventually they'll kind of be back to a close to normal experience. Um, I think we're starting to see that like, that's just not the case, right? Like, like everything, you know, all businesses are going to continue to be affected by <laughs> this virus as it, as it continues on and continues to progress. Um, and I, I kind of feel like this was just a gamble for these parks in terms of opening in Florida when we were still in the middle of a pandemic for whatever reason, this was a gamble that they took that is just not panning out for them. Like it's painting out poorly, arguably like <laughs> the worst way possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it, it, I think they, they gamble on opening early or at least as soon as they possibly could. And then, but then of course, you know, part of that gamble was they did not, I guess they should have. I mean, the, the the writing was on the walls that this this thing was not done, but I I think they weren't expecting about how bad it would get in Florida. But then, sure. of course, I think there is also that that uh, kind of like well, I mean, I can't say if if the parks opening is also maybe cause that but it definitely didn't help the situation i would imagine so um right for sure so uh i don't know i mean it's 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 well, sad you mean because i mean it's, it's totally sad i mean it's it is you know it's sad for a lot of people involved and and you know of course it's much more complicated than just saying like, oh, Disney and Universal just decided that they were going to put it all on the table and and go high risk. And it just didn't work out. Like, clearly, there's a lot more at play than just like, you know, big companies trying to make every last dollar that they possibly can. That's certainly the case. But there's just more at play. <laughs> certainly, when you think local governments, you think about how many jobs that they support. You think about like just various different pressures from various different entities and government entities and stakeholders and you know employees and unions and da 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 da. da. So it's it 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 is a complicated issue. Certainly more complicated than you know we can uh, knowledgeably speak to. But you know the end result is still the same. Where you know <laughs> it's just people are not going to the parks. Uh, at least not people outside of Florida. You've got some. But, you know, at the, uh, you know, the fact that there's just, there, there's such a heavy catering towards locals. And I, I even saw, again, this was, this was on, I think the Disney World subreddit, someone posted that at the end of Spaceship Earth, there's kind of like a, or, you know, there's a globe that shows where in the world guests are from and like everybody, all the little yellow dots or white dots to show 
where people are from in the U.S. It's like all Florida. So, you know, I just think, you know, and again, goes hand in hand with what the airlines are saying that just they've completely uh, fallen flat. Any idea that they were going to recover is just gone. So, you know, which I'm sure was a big part of this reopening plan, right? We can get some people, airlines are going to keep building slowly, but, uh, you know, it doesn't help when they cut all of the routes all of a sudden, right? It doesn't help when, again, like I said, both of my flights out there and back all got canceled. That doesn't help the the whole situation. So it's, uh, you know, like I said, it really does come off as like a rough gamble that could have paid off really well, could have been a really, um, <laughs> could have turned out in a much different, more positive way, but, um, but clearly isn't. And you do have to ask yourself this question of just like, man, how long are they going to do this? <laughs> how long are they going to keep these, these parks open? Uh, if this continues to be the case, you know, I, I took a quick peek in when I canceled, uh, my trip, I took a quick peek into the park reservation calendar for Disney world, dude, it's like wide open right now. Like obviously annual pass holders, um, the available reservations there are a little bit more limited for the next few months, but which makes sense. That's predominantly going to be local. So that's again, who we're saying is seems to be going to the parks, but if you're just buying a single day ticket or if you're a resort pass holder, it's like wide open dude for a really long time. So, uh, you know, again, just highlighting this fact that like they're not getting the numbers that I'm sure that they were hoping to. So, so we'll see. I mean, to echo what you were saying, it's always uh, a bummer. It's always really unfortunate when you see those kinds of layoffs, especially in a climate like this, especially in an area of the country that is so predominantly driven by tourism and the entertainment industry. And that's just dead, right? That is just dead right now. So, you know, you hope something can be figured out. You hope that the state of Florida can figure out their stuff so that they can get their unemployment system fixed so that it's not as big of an issue. You hope that our lawmakers right now can get uh, this unemployment benefit figured out so that they can also be assisted with that because places like Orlando, places like Vegas, places like even like parts of SoCal, dude, they are they are devastated right now. And as we're seeing, these companies that did take the risk are now paying the price. And so I think it's I think it's gonna be, if nothing else, it'll probably make it so that any kind of future reopenings, this includes Disney World, this includes Universal Hollywood. I think everyone's gonna be very conservative now, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're they're not going high risk when it comes to the reopening of these parks. And that's there's there's a good case for that that they probably should, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you meant Disneyland. I think you said Disney World instead, but Oh but yeah, yeah, I meant Disneyland for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to be much more like uh conservative about it. I mean, they're not going to jump into the water until like I wouldn't say they would necessarily wait until like everything is open, but I'm sure they're going to be like checking the numbers of like, is there an outbreak happening? I mean, is, is the area like 
going down. Uh, and it's it's also kind of different too when you look at Disney World compared to Disneyland, since Disneyland was always kind of a locals park. Uh, but that being said, the local area is is got an outbreak, so I think they may wait until yep. that uh, outbreak is definitely well in hand and is. I wouldn't even know if they they would wait till it's like a flat or if they would actually make sure that it's decreasing in the areas. But uh, yeah, it's there's a lot. I think they're going to consider more when they when it comes to uh, Disneyland, which is frustrating because you know I want that park open. <laughs> so, but yeah. but that being said, I want it open responsibly so that we don't have yeah. this the same issues going uh with uh Disneyland and Ho- uh Universal Hollywood that is going on in Orlando right now. Um it's just it's it's been a big bummer lately, I think for a lot of this stuff. I mean, just how yeah, it, how it has, man. I mean, there was some some semblance of hope, and then now, uh, you know, I hate to say, like, the people who refuse to wear these masks have kind of put the kibosh on that. Uh, they're bucking the system, but, I mean, the system that they're bucking is trying to keep them safe <laughs> and, and get through this, and it looks like we're going to go right back into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... There are obviously a lot of problems at play, <laughs> which has kind of, uh, you know, brought us to this point that we're at. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been quite the roller coaster just thinking about, you know, when that excitement level that we had, you know, a few months ago when we started talking about Disney parks and Universal parks in Orlando anyway, starting to reopen. And we were talking about Orlando just being like, man, this seems like really just kind of like a, a quick kind of a thing and sure they've got these plans that are in place but like whoa this is pretty wild and then you know disney and had their announcement and it was like oh wow they're really delaying things they're going the kind of responsible way and and but it was still like a high level of excitement and i feel like man as things have marched on that excitement definitely has drained out <laughs> it's a little it's kind of a, and this is just, yeah, it's been kind of bummers. We've been, um, as we've been kind of going through all of the news here, but I do want to say, man, I made an effort to really kind of get things moving and only have these kinds of negative, really kind of dark and depressing stories at the top of the show so that once we were out of the way with that, we could move on to the fun stuff. So are you ready for the fun stuff, Henry? I am ready for the fun stuff. I'm definitely ready for the fun stuff because woof. So you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this upcoming retheme of splash mountain. And if that also means that we're going to be seeing a Tiana's palace or, or place or whatever they're going to call it. Well, the voice of Tiana, Anika, no Rose is also a big fan of the idea. I mean, this is it's such a slam dunk idea. It's hard to imagine that someone wouldn't be a fan. But anyway, recently in People magazine, she mentioned, quote, I agree with the fans that it would be great. I have dreams of them partnering with Cafe Du Monde. 
on some real deal beignets, having some fantastic shrimp and grits and king cake during Mardi Gras season and the occasional second line through the joint. Basically all the things I love. Now, something like this had already been kind of in the works over at Disney World. Uh, it was it was going to be part of this upcoming Reflections DVC Lodge. They announced that, I think this was at D23 this last year, they announced that there would be a Princess and the Frog-themed dining area there. The bummer, though, now, of course, is with all of this stuff going on, uh, there's some pretty legit rumors that this Reflections DVC Lodge is not going to happen. They're just, it sounds like there has not been construction that's progressed. Um, so uh, that may not be the case anymore over at Disney World. They may not have something like this in the works anymore. But Disneyland, of course, has a few different options in terms of where they would put a location for that. Um, are you still feeling like Hungry Bear is probably that best option? I know that know that you felt very strongly about that previously, Henry. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I think I think Hungry Bear could be uh would be the closest and would make sense that it is right there, but they could just retheme uh was it the French Quarter and make it uh a you know Tiana's Palace restaurant. Uh so I I think it's that would be the uh, probably the uh, the smartest ways to to retheme the French Quarter, but I don't know. People could be up in arms because they don't want that route changed. But uh, but although I I don't see where that would be such a a big no. big deal. I mean, if anything, I think I think it was like a major change to the area. You're right, but yeah, it's I think people are probably. Cool. Yeah, because I mean, it already has beignets there, so they're set up for having like beignets and whatnot, and it would just make sense that they just would just put it there. Um, but I mean, so I mean, I don't know. It, it it makes sense that it would still happen. Some it would happen in Disneyland. I, I think they would just retheme the the French Quarter for that, but then. Uh, but the, you think it'd be French Quarter, or do you think it would be uh, Orleans? Uh, I think they would do French Quarter. I think you could do. It has more um, more space to work with yeah. uh, than uh, Cafe Orleans. Um, so, I, so then you're in a situation where you basically have Orleans and Tiana's, which are I'm assuming Tiana's is a table service restaurant. So you have two. New Orleans themed table service restaurants. You don't have back to back pretty much, right? You don't have a quick service. Well, I don't know. They may still like keep Tiana's palace as quick service, uh, but they would have like special events in there. Cause you, with at least with a French quarter, you could do like uh have like a little performance area and you could do a uh, meet and greet, uh, uh, with uh, Tiana there, That's true. Uh, you would have a, a much harder time with uh, Cafe Orleans. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I think also the food at Cafe Orleans is also a bit more uh, memorable. So you would have 
people more upset with losing Cafe Orleans than necessarily losing the French Quarter, uh, which had, but, but I mean, it, I think you could do, I think you could still have, they could do something with French Quarter if they wanted to actually like change it. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's just my two cents on that. Um, but you could do, of course, uh, <laughs> Hungry Bear. But <laughs> I like that. Doesn't make no. as much sense though. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hungry Bear's like always been like such a weird thing. Like uh, just because it's it's one of those kind of remnants where there are so many better food options, and it is like such a cool space. Like that outdoor area at, Thun- at Hungry Bear on the um, on the deck looking out over rivers of America is like such a fantastic spot, but, um, but the food is just kind of not very memorable. And it's like, do you really need another burger place? That's not particularly great there. Eh, maybe, maybe not. But, uh, I have heard that their loaded onion rings are fantastic, but still it's just kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, would be interesting though, if they do something like turn Critter Country into like 100 Acre Woods to uh, then make Hungry Bear a Winnie the Pooh themed restaurant. I don't know what that would be, but it would be unique. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Although uh, I would say that if they did turn Hungry Bear into Tiana's Palace, just imagine like the... Uh, what they would do with the uh, space and how they would uh, change it to be kind of a more New Orleans kind of atmosphere. It, it could be, oh, it'd be amazing. It, it would just probably be more, even more amazing than, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, just all the stuff that, you know, goes through my head thinking of this stuff is definitely, I, I think it would be a, you know, it makes sense to have a Tiana's palace, uh, but I mean, I just don't know where they would put it. Uh, and like, like you, I'm not really like huge fan of uh, Hungry Bear, so it. I'm not really gonna be upset if we lose it. I think I was already kind of the fact that we lost the Hungry Bear, like the show. That was the real loss. The food is is less so. Country Bear. Country Bear. Country Bear Jamboree. Jamboree. Yeah, that was the real loss. So, uh, yeah. you know, now that it doesn't have that, it makes less sense to have the restaurant. So, yeah, it does make sense, too, just because, like, if you're going to make a destination like Tiana's, you want it to be kind of centralized and really Hungry Bear is not right. Like you have to either purposefully walk like past the New Orleans Square past what is now Splash Mountain, what will be whatever Tiana's new adventure is, um, to get to Hungry Bear or just be on the road to Galaxy's Edge that way. Um, but if you are like in uh, French Quarter or Orleans or any of that area, like if you're in New Orleans Square proper, that's still within that kind of you know, that main kind of area over there. It's still relatively centralized. To think that you would pass all that stuff to go to 
to Hungry Bear to get food, it's just kind of like <laughs> there's a lot much a, a lot better food in every area outside of Hungry Bear. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you pass by like 300 better food places on your way to hungry bear yeah so, i mean there's still always people there but i mean whatever i think it's i um, think it's one of those things that it's it's a off the kind of beaten path area so you can find stuff there and it's got a still a good view uh and you can rest yeah. uh and whatnot area so it's kind of like it's one of those places you go when everything else is like full and you can go there and kind of kick back, you know, it is true. I had a, I, I had a very nice time waiting for my boarding pass to be called uh, last time I was at Disneyland. So yeah, it's just on that deck. It's good times, man. Um, it'd be interesting to see too, where uh, if they were to do this, at, I mean, I would have to imagine they would have to do it at Disney world too. the uh, dining situation over where splash mountain is, is is a little trickier because the only current dining place is Pecos Bills over there. Um, the, it's, it's Splash Mountain's in a very weird place at uh, Disney World, where it's kind of on the border between um, Frontierland and I guess that's Adventureland over there. But like right above it is um, Big Thunder. They're like right next to each other. And then right below it is uh, Adventureland with uh, Pirates is there not too far away. So it's kind of in a weird area compared to that. So be interesting to see what, what like if, if a Reflections really doesn't happen and they still want to do this Tiana's restaurant, if, uh, if they do bring it right next to Splash Mountain because it's 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 in a weird spot so that'll be an interesting one for sure i know that there was <laughs> there's been a lot of chatter specifically around the retheme of splash to princess and the frog and people just feeling like it doesn't fit into kind of frontier land at all it's kind of like oh okay i guess sure yeah i mean that's a little, little more appropriate where it is at uh, disneyland yeah i mean that's that's a really weird uh positioning at disney disney world compared to disneyland at least you can even though uh splash would be in more critter country it's still on the outskirts of of new orleans square so it's it's a little bit easier to just extend that out to uh to splash mountain there whereas at, you're trying to make uh, New Orleans in the middle between uh, uh, adventure and uh, and uh, which one and uh, uh, frontier land, which is kind of a a weird weird positioning. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I mean, we don't even have a timeline yet, so yeah, You've got plenty of time to figure that out. <laughs> I guess. I mean, the other question is like, would any Disney World aficionado be upset if they retheme Pecos Bills. I'm not the best person to answer that because I'm more Disneyland than Disney World, but it'd be interesting to hear if that was floated, if people would freak out. Probably not, but I don't know. Yeah. I'll let them I'll let them hash that one out. Yeah. I mean I, I haven't heard um 
I've never heard anybody really talk about Pecos Bill when talking about uh, Disney World. Uh, so I can't speak for that either myself. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. And finally, we're going to stick with shared experiences between Disneyland and Disney World. So I'm, I will probably slip up and refer to one as the other at least one more time, but we're going to wrap things up with a hot and juicy Galaxy's Edge rumor. It's been a while since we've touched on Galaxy's Edge. Henry, this one is totally for you, dude, because it seems like we may have a few new annual holiday celebrations to look forward to. In the recently released Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Traveler's Guide to Batuu, three different festivals are specifically called out and described. So first up, we have Black Spire Day on May 4th, which celebrates the founding of Black Spire Outpost. They don't really list what this could be or would be, and because the parks were all closed when we uh, had our first anniversary for May the 4th, or our first May the 4th um, with the parks this time, no idea what the celebration would have been or could have been. Um, so we'll have to wait until next year for that one. Uh, then we've got the Batuan Harvest Festival, which would line up with the rest of the park's Halloween time celebrations. According to the guide, the festival celebrates golden lichen, the natural resource that glows on Batu. So Black Spire Outpost would become adorned in golden decorations. It's also known in the Star Wars lore that Ogagara tends to hoard this resource and use it in her dishes and drinks served at her cantina. So safe to assume that uh, you'll definitely have some uh, nice uh, harvest festival treats that, uh, at least in Ogas, probably in other locations too. I know that's something that piques your interest. <laughs> well, I think they think they do anything uh, to kind of like make the world a bit more uh give a little more character to black spire or galaxy's edge i think is good yeah totally well and and so and then there's wookie life day which obviously is taken from the 1978 star wars holiday special uh would coincide with just general disney holiday celebration throughout the park so uh, they've kind of hit the big ones, which really are Halloween and Christmas. And you are totally right, dude. This was my thought, too, which was like, yeah, of course. Like, where has this been? Because, uh, you know, it it is it is a strange kind of a thing for you to leave Disneyland, you know, Halloween celebration to enter into Batu, And it's just like, yeah, it's Batu, Same Batu, You know, whatever. I know that the idea is like, you know, What's Disneyland? Like you're pretending to be off world, but it's still a weird thing that it's the same kind of a thing. And you're right. It's bland. It's kind of lifeless generally. So the idea of having some kind of celebrations to kind of spice things up a little bit is, uh, is good times, man. Yeah. I think it's just also giving a reason to kind of go and, and put some more kind of, uh, change things up a bit at uh, Galaxy's Edge because I know they, I mean, given they're still fairly new, Galaxy's Edge is, is you know, what, about a year old almost. But, uh, but I mean, to, to kind of 
change up like the the menus a little bit or get a little like uh cooler some new kind of treats there uh anything to kind of like put some kind of like f like a little bit more uh spin on galaxy's edge since you know there's really no like as you pointed out like you know there's no halloween in galaxy's edge there's no christmas in galaxy's edge you don't have any kind of special treats at those times in those areas. So, I mean, this is just giving you a, a, a another reason to go into Galaxy's Edge, which is, is definitely uh, a good thing. Totally, man. And it's like, you know, I've talked a little bit about how the decorations are just kind of, it's a nice thing to kind of change up the environment, but generally it's kind of, it's, Easy is I use easy relatively, but given your other options, it's an easier kind of a thing just to have a very simple kind of spicy overlay, right? So um, that seems like really what they're going to be looking to do in the in the kind of near future anyway, at least in terms of the investment that Disney is making into its parks where – Maybe they are going to be a little bit more frugal in terms of how much they're investing into certain aspects. So if it's a simple holiday overlay like that, like, yeah, that seems money, dude, where you're still getting a relatively kind of big return and breathing new life, but not like blowing the bank. Um, the life day was like, I felt like when that came and went when holiday time came and went and there wasn't any i think there was like an unofficial life day where a bunch of park guests kind of celebrated it but uh <clears throat> wasn't like a wasn't like an official kind of a thing it just seemed like such a missed opportunity because it's like that's like what star wars fans are going to be looking for right <laughs> it seemed like such a slam dunk that was missed but you know, I mean, there's a few examples of that. Like it's, it's, I still find it super weird that, uh, again, in Disneyland, like the fireworks go off right above Batuu and there's like no acknowledgement of it. It's not like a thing. It's just like, yep, yeah, fireworks. And you don't hear the music that's piped into the rest of the park. So there's no like soundtrack. But again, it seemed like, man, this is like such a missed opportunity for a relatively easy, just anything right to kind of contextualize it in the kind of story of Batu, where it could be like oh there's like a you know if you want to get really spicy you say uh, or you want to get really crazy you say like oh this is a space battle that's going on up above or it could just be hey this is like our our celebration because the you know new order was taken down or some victory that occurred in some other planet like just anything right some some something yeah weird that that doesn't happen it's just it's such a missed opportunity that seems such a such like a slam dunk well i mean i think maybe it's one of those things where i think one they're probably still learning like trying to like feel their you know their way through this galaxy's edge i think trying to kind of see where where best to put their money at but then i also think it's potential that they said well, this first year, we're going to just kind of ride it out because it's kind of sell itself at this point. And we don't want to like, yeah. we don't want to put like 
show all our cards right off the bat. I mean, we're wasting something to get people back in later on. So they probably thought of some of these things, but they just didn't implement them yet because they figure, hey, well, we just opened up up uh, Galaxy's Edge. And then after that, we're going to have the, uh, we will have, uh, we'll have the, uh, rise of the resistance so that is going to renew people's interest but then after you know three to six months or so we're going to need to get people back in here so then we can start this campaign of using these like new holidays and whatnot to uh to bring people back in and but i think they're also like seeing how uh how the public views and their interest in in galaxy's edge maybe they need to go in uh maybe a more hardcore direction because i think the thing is is a lot of these like um holidays uh they're kind of you know for lack of a alien to most <laughs> casual fans of star wars sure so this is really something for the hardcore fans so i think they would have to kind of have a uh a marketing plan around uh these holidays to get people interested in it cuz don't you, you think know, that still has play though yeah like i hear what you're saying but like it's still like the idea of a life day still has play even if you don't get the deeper context of it right like that that's the thing like if it's if there's something done up and i don't they don't go into like the details the way that they do about the halloween kind of fall festival but you know, even if you don't understand the context and the kind of tongue-in-cheek nature of Wookiee Life Day, um, it, I think it still does have, if you're just some random person that wanders into Galaxy's Edge, maybe you've been there before, maybe you haven't, but there is like some level of new excitement, some kind of like new seasonal stuff maybe going on, whether they be activities or whether they be food items and some seasonal shopping items and and just like stuff like that it still has play even if you don't understand the deeper narrative of it or the context of it right yeah but i think what uh no i definitely agree i think the thing is is that when you think of something like that it's with uh say a wookie life day it's not going to be like what they do say for instance with the, the gay days which is kind of this unofficial like uh you know holiday for the park which started with fans uh but then they kind of unofficially uh acknowledge it by doing like a couple of snacks but i think for uh for wookie life day you want to go kind of maybe the first one first time they did like the fans celebrated it but i think when you with something like wookie life day they they probably are going to want to go much bigger scale for something like that because for sure, oh, sure. Uh, it is something that is kind of like like casual people will like see it and be like oh this is interesting but you're gonna really want to like sell it sell it because then it can become uh something that people actually look forward to on a uh on a yearly basis of going in and experiencing it but uh i think i don't know if they I just guess man but like they didn't they do that with galaxy's edge and like that that attention to detail kind of didn't play 
You know what I mean? Like if you're a casual person going into Galaxy's Edge and you're not like a hardcore Star Wars fan, and maybe this is just like a once in a blue moon visit to Disney, like you're going to miss like 90% of the context of Galaxy's Edge, right? Like it will be like, yeah, all right, I'm in Star Wars. Like the fact that it's in canon won't matter. The fact that like people are in character and like that you're going to miss that, right? So, you know, even, even like certain contexts, like, so you could make this argument about blue milk and green milk. Like there's no, if you're a casual fan, you have no, like, you know, if I were to tell my wife about that, she'd be like, yeah, let's go to, let's go get some green or blue milk. She'd be like, that's super weird. And she would not get the context. No, I, I think that's probably a lot of people's experience and it would be, it would be the same experience here. Like it maybe feels Star Wars and it feels kind of alien and weird, but I don't think you even need to hit people over the head with it to, to still have it play. Oh no. Uh, it's just one of those things where I think, um, I don't know. It, it's one of those, like if you're going to do Wookiee life day, you don't want to go like one day. You probably want to do like a, like a, a week or two of Wiki life day so that, I mean, you do it as long as holiday season lasts, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it depends on how big they want to go with it. But yeah, maybe. But it's also one of those things where I think it's like, um, yeah, I think a casual person coming through it and they see like, oh, there's like a new kind of, uh, they have a special Keshik type dessert that is available during Wookiee Life oh, Day. Man, what a flex. What a flex. Okay. All right. I got you. But I, I mean, it's you. it's something that like, you know, that I, I think when you do something like that, you, you definitely do want to go. It's going to it's going to be they're going to go a little bit bigger on it. But I think it's yeah, uh, it's it's something that's going to be more a hardcore fan initially. But I think maybe it's something that they would want to like entice people to kind of make uh, a bigger impression so that it does become something bigger. I don't know. It's one of those things where, yeah, I don't think they have to hit people over the head to get them in. But it's also one of those things where if you you kind of want to do it right when you do it so that it's kind of like a first impression and see where it goes with it. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like for sure, definitely. Like if you're going to do it, don't make it chintzy. Like that would be, that would be really bad. Right. Because then it makes galaxy's edge even looks worse. Oh, look worse. Like that's the, that's the challenge of any kind of overlay in general. Like you absolutely have the potential of just totally screwing up whatever you're placing that overlay on. And then it's like, then nobody's happy. So yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you're doing it in a way that, that is quality. Um, and that has a good level of play. Um, like I said, man, it's, it's, uh, I think it's kind of like the same thing with at least, you know, the way that I see holiday time in general, whether it be Halloween or just, Christmas general holiday time at the parks. It's like you definitely have. And, you know, again, we keep, we keep highlighting the difference between the parks, but yeah, for Disneyland, it's more of a return park for most of the visitors because they're from the general area, maybe 
annual pass holders. Um, but regardless, it's like if you're a casual visitor, you definitely have people that plan around certain holiday times and whatnot. But, you know, you have plenty of people that probably don't and are just like, oh, cool, man. This is really awesome. This is this is super cool. And, you know, maybe they're not coming to the park specifically for holiday stuff. But the fact that there is holiday stuff there is kind of a bonus at 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 worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bonus. Maybe if you're like a really hardcore haunted mansion enthusiast and you hate haunted holiday, I know there's plenty of those people out there, then maybe that's not so great. But um, regardless, it's it's like it's not the way that they do, you know, both holiday and Halloween, it doesn't interfere with the general park experience. So if it's not your thing, it's not too heavy handed. And if it is your thing, then great. You can enjoy kind of the special atmosphere. But uh, but I think that's probably what they can do for this. And then because, you know, it, you think about the fact, I mean, we, we were talking about this before and this actually came up. Um, this came up on some online discussion. It may have been on Instagram. It may have been on some of the, one of the subreddits, but like, at Disneyland, especially, dude, like Rise of the Resistance had only been open a couple months before the parks closed. So most people that were interested in in riding it, like, didn't get a chance to ride it. And so for all of those families and people that were waiting for Rise to visit Disneyland and see Galaxy's Edge, like, they just haven't even had a chance to check it out yet. So, um, so you know, it's like, I think you're going to get a lot of people once these parks open that are still going to over the next year or two that are going to be experiencing it for the first time. And if there's a bonus of like Wookiee life day where there is just like a seasonal bend to it, or, you know, I could, I couldn't, I can visualize some really cool stuff going on with this harvest festival idea, which like, you know, just kind of brighten up the area, which is necessary. <laughs> anyway, you can leave that stuff up if it, if it's really well done and good. But, um, you know, I could see again, like it, I could totally see it not dramatically changing it, but just being like kind of like a bonus if you're not into it. Yeah. But I, also, one of the things I would like to point out too is one reason why you don't want to go chintzy on something like that is just because you're also looking at like who is like really going to look forward to something like Wookiee Life Day. It's going to be the like hardcore fans. So, and they're also going to be the ones who are going to be the first to like, you know, say like, you know, this is, this was done, this is crap or be super hypercritical for it and whatnot. So uh, I think they definitely want to kind of do it right when they do it. So what is, what is doing Wookiee Life Day right? Well, I mean, they, they probably want to, I mean, I don't know what that is, but they're probably going to want to do more than what they do for gay days is basically what say like, oh, it's Wookiee Life Day. And they, they just have like Chewbacca walking around or some other, uh, uh, Wookiees walking around and they just parade through, uh, Galaxy's Edge. And it's like, ah, well, that's putting like a minimal effort to it, you know? Oh yeah. So I'm just saying is that they really are going to want to like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't just kind of like half-ass it. Cause they're probably already saying that, you know, galaxy's (laughs) edge isn't living up to what 
they promised it was or you know so i think a lot of people were maybe disappointed at what galaxy's edge turned out to be just because they basically like said this is going to be all new and all the stuff that you know of star wars was not was purposely uh amiss except for the millennium falcon uh so i think uh if you're going to put in a wiki life day or you know at least you know you need to get that right or at least i mean be purposeful about doing it don't just kind of half ass it you know at this point uh yeah i think in could, terms of like scope the way i was th- the way at least i was starting to visualize it and think about it is like it, it you know with them coinciding with the uh, the normal kind of holiday festivities that are going on throughout the rest of the park. It's the equivalent to like how Cars Land is themed, you know, during like Halloween or Christmas. Like there's definitely an overlay or to- Toontown in Christmas time. You know, there's like definitely changes there, but they're not like slap you in the face changes. They're well done generally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you were a hardcore person, there's like very specific aspects for you to notice. And if you're not, it's just like a general vibe that you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. I'm just, I just want them if, if they're going to do this and I want them to do it, I just want them to do it right. I mean, definitely bring like the, the treats that you would, the respect that you do for Halloween and for uh, the holidays, you know, I want them to bring that to the galaxy's edge. So it's not just like, hey, it's Wookiee Live Day and uh, we're celebrating here in Galaxy's Edge. And there's really nothing different except for you get like more Wookiees walking around, even though that would actually probably be still something. <laughs> uh, That'd be awesome. Uh, walking around the. Uh, the galaxy's age but uh yeah i mean i i just want to want them to do what they do with the rest of the park pretty much so what you're saying though is that the b arthur musical number is canceled uh no you have a special area for it <laughs> so everybody can can experience it at least once in their life and say wow this was a ter- was terrible but it is here it is something that happened <laughs> acknowledge it <laughs> dude i just remember that anecdote of george being so upset about how the holiday special turned out that he was quoted as saying like if he could find every copy that is in existence and smash it personally with a hammer that he would he would love to do that <laughs> like, i can only imagine after feeling that way about the holiday special to then like have an announcement of like, oh, we're making this canon <laughs> in our theme park. It's a thing. Like you, George is just going to find his way over to Disneyland with a hammer and just like, all right, it's all got to go. <laughs> you know, what would be even better if they, they, they do institute the, uh, the Wookiee life day uh, officially. If I get a day off for that, <laughs> like we did That's back funny. in the day. <laughs> Deep cut, man. That is a deep cut. We, uh, do, you want to explain the context or you just want to leave that one hanging out there that I, only you and I get? Uh, well, I don't want to explain it. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> While we were working at LucasArts testing video games, uh, we got 
because we were working so much overtime. I think it was that the first battlefront. I think it was. Yeah. The, uh, the producer of the title of battlefront, uh, Peter Hirschman, very cool dude, uh, printed everybody out actual, uh, Wookiee life day passes, um, that had, what was his, I think, I think, Chewbacca's son is named is named Itchy, I believe, <laughs> or that's his no Lumpy. Lumpy is yeah. his son, and Itchy is his dad. <laughs> Jeez, man, what a <laughs> what a mess. Anyway, uh, and so it had Lumpy on the cover of on the front of the pass, and basically we could exchange it at any point throughout the rest of the year or whenever for a free day off, basically. Um, but it was this funny thing. It was a thing internally about your Wookiee life day pass for years to come. It was a thing. So yeah. Wouldn't that be something full circle, Henry? <laughs> hey, I, d- I mean, I appreciated my Wookiee life day. I, I, I know that, uh, uh, it was something that I def- desperately needed at some point. <laughs> I was just really tired. Oh yeah. That was brutal, man. <laughs> all I, all I want to know is, man, if they do a lumpy walk around character, uh, I gotta go. I gotta be there day one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lumpy was actually pretty cute, though. It, it was. It... Oh, we got to wrap this show up. This is it. We're done, <laughs> dude. <laughs> no, he was so. His family was atrocious. It was just really bad. It definitely is one of those things. Like you know, say what you will about George Lucas and his uh, and some of the products that he's put out, but. He is spot on. Like that thing is an abomination. I could totally understand if you were like, I'm building an empire with, uh, with this film franchise that I did. I did the first movie. It like blew the doors off of every theater that it played at. It is like the biggest thing on the planet. What do you follow it up with? The star Wars holiday special. Like, oof, good guy. I could totally see. I think, I think he had said, Again, could totally be wrong with this. This could have just been a, a, a line of BS that he came up with afterwards. But I guess it was just like he was working on Empire at the time and uh, in pre-production and just kind of handed off the holiday special and was like, all right, I'm not going to have oversight of this. And uh, and it turned out you know, to be what it was, which is just the most bizarre thing on the planet. And, uh, and then... Uh, he was so upset with it that was like, I am going to approve everything that's done from now on. And then it all got handed off to other people, I'm sure, over the years. But, oof, crazy. And now and now it's going to be an official holiday at the park. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, that kind of is uh, kind of how things work, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> on that note, so that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 27 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry! You stay healthy, big guy. I'll talk to you next week. Take care, man. Bye.